Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Today is the day of Qiyamah, the household of the Prophet. It's sad. There is no hope for Sayyidah Fatima Zahra is leaving this world. And within three months of what was the other Qiyamah, the death of the Prophet himself. In these three months, this 18-year-old lady went from being totally young to an old lady who couldn't even walk straight, who was always crying, who was always holding himself, herself. So what happened? What was the cause that led to her decline in three months? Not only from an appearance perspective and physical perspective, but also from an emotional perspective. And that's why her masaib, the difficulties that she endured, are none like anything that anyone has ever endured. There are 18 different masaib, if you count them, that she has endured in her life after from the time of the sickness of the Prophet. So first musibah that befell on her and the entire household was the demise, the martyrdom of Muhammad Mustafa Now that particular instance, it cannot be comprehended from mere mortals like us. We think of the death, if we have Iman, as a journey that will take us from this world to the hereafter. Obviously, Sayyidah Fatma Zahra knew that much more than us. She has that understanding hundred and hundred million times better than us. But for her, sad part wasn't death. Sad part was the presence of the Prophet of Allah. The presence of the Prophet of Allah on the earth was direct connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the creator. The presence of Muhammad Mustafa وسلم, was the source of rahmah for the entire universe. His presence was the reason why angels came to earth from the creator himself. The creator who has created this entire universe that we cannot even comprehend. And that creator who has created from our scientific perspective, where we see 14 billion light years away, with billions and trillions of galaxies, with billions and trillions of stars in each of them galaxies, with stars bigger than our sun, which is multiple times bigger than our earth, that creator was communicating with the humans on this planet through Muhammad Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa demise of the prophet 
the seal of the prophet was the end of that connection with the creator that we had directly. So that was the first musibah. And as that, that link was ending, the prophet himself told, my daughter, you will be persecuted. They will create difficulties for you. You will not be left alone. But be patient. And he told all of them what will happen. And if you think about Rasulullah in his last stages, conveying this message to Sayyidah Fatima Zahra, who knows what's going to happen to her and also to her progeny, how difficult would it be? So that was the first musibah. But obviously, she being the Alameen, the leader of the women of heavens and earth, the leader of the, the, the for entire time, it wasn't that difficult to bear that loss. But if you think about a person who was so close, so elevated in front of Allah, because of her own personality. She has a special status in front of Allah because of her father. She has a special status in front of Allah because of her husband and her children. Someone who has been regarded by the Prophet himself as whoever pleases Fatima, pleases Allah, and whoever angers Fatima, angers Allah. This amazing person. What did she go through after that particular instance? And those are 17 more musiba that shook her. And they are shaking the entire humanity till today. Because the first thing that happened while his hus her husband and the brother of the Prophet Imam Ali was burying the Prophet. People were gathered in Saqifa. They were trying to stage a coup, usurp the power, usurp the right of Ahlabayt usurp the right that was given to Imam Ali by the Prophet. That usurpation that happened at Saqifa while the body of the Prophet hadn't been buried. So think about the second musibah that all the companions who were always with the Prophet, this daughter seeing that no one is there for the dead body of my father. The entire Islamic community, entire Islamic society, star city of Medina is gathered at Saqifa. No one is here to bury the Prophet of Allah. Now what would a daughter think that she... Her father was the creator of the Islamic institution. And there is no one there except for a few, including her husband. That was the second musibah. But it wasn't about not being there. It was about taking her and her husband's right. It was taking the right of the future generations. It was changing the direction of Islam. 
Because if Muslims had followed that teaching, that message from the Ghadir, they would have been in a very different situation. And that in itself was a musibah that the Muslims forgot in two months. The message that had been conveyed to them, the message that they had pledged allegiance to, that was the second musibah. Then, when that had happened, when the Prophet was buried, she went from door to door asking for help. Imam Ali salam and Sayyidah Fatima Zahra on the, on the horse mule of Imam Ali salam with her two children went from door to door to Muhajireen, to Ansar, reminding them of their pledge at Ghazir. No one came. Every day they used to go at night because of the government, the usurped government was against them. So they went door to door and called people out, asked for help. And every day said, if you are with us, come tomorrow morning with your head shaved. Only four people showed up the first day. They went again the night again and went from door to door of Ansars and Mahajireen, talked to the women, talked to the men, pledged that you will come and reminded them about what happened at Ghadir, pledged that they will come back to support the rightful heir of, of the Prophet. And they said, yes. The next day, only four people came. Repeated the third time. The same four people came. This is the city of Medina. This is the city of her father. The daughter of the Prophet. Reminding people of the pledge that they've made. Going from door to door with two sons of the Prophet. Reminding them that we are the Ahl Bayt. We are the people who the Prophet took at Mubayla. But only four people came. Therefore, that lack of support in itself was a musibah. That then, <coughs> as she was doing that, the government was plotting. The government was trying to take power away from the Alabayt That is the fifth musibah. As they were plotting, as they were forcing people to give allegiance, they were trying to get power away from Alabayt And one thing that they did was to usurp the garden of Fadak, the land of Fadak that the Prophet had given to her. In order to do that, they took it by force. They did not ask for any permission. That forced Sayyidah Fatima Zahra to come to the mosque, to come to the court of Abu Bakr and make her case. And that's known as Sermon of Fadak. But it's not only about Fadak, that particular sermon. In that particular sermon, Sayyidah Fatima Zara talked about the benevolence of his father, the strength of his husband, of her husband, the, the sacrifices that the household of Islam has given, the sacrifices because of which Muslims have reached a point where they are able to stand up. Otherwise, she also reminded what they were before and said, we are the inheritors. She did not talk about Fadak in that entire sermon. 
She said, we are the inheritors. You've taken my inheritance. And when Abu Bakr said, I've heard this particular narration from the prophet, which was a fabricated narration, that us prophets do not leave any inheritance. It's only sadqa. She replied, my prophet, will, my prophet, my father will never do something against Islam, the religion. And that religion in Quran, Allah Ta'ala says, Suleiman was the successor of Daud. Zakaria was the successor or Yahya was the successor of Zakaria. And my father will not do something against Quran where Allah Ta'ala says, when you are about to die, make a will. Leave your inheritance and within the inheritance there is part for women, female and males. So you're making this up. And then she pointed towards the people who were sitting in the mosque. Oh Ansar. Oh Muhajireen. Especially Ansar. You had pledged to protect us. What happened to you? Why are you so quiet? But you do not realize that the shaitan has come here. You do not realize that my rights are being taken. And that was a long sermon that she gave in the mosque of the Prophet, in the court of Abu Bakr. But she was not listened to. They asked for proof. She gave the document that the Prophet had given her. They tore that apart. <laughs> Then, a few days passed, and this is happening very quickly. In weeks, in few days, the, all of this is happening. They started pressurizing to get allegiance from Imam Ali Imam Ali was at home. He was compiling the Quran as the Prophet had told him to. He did not find any supporters, so he had stayed at home. There were people who used to come. And that's when Abu Bakr, Umar, they started sending people, threatening the house of Sayyidah Fatma Zara. Bring out Ali. Otherwise, we're going to burn the house. And then one day, that day when Umar came with wood and said, I'm going to burn the house down. She replied, are you really going to burn the house of the Ahl Bayt, the house of the Nabuwa? When you know that my children are in the house, the children of the Prophet said, I don't care. I will burn that house down. Then he started burning the door, pushed the door so that she was pressed between the door and the wall. She, he squeezed the door in a way that it hurt her. Then, then she fell on the ground. She had a miscarriage. They were taking Imam Ali out. They were, as they were taking Imam Ali out, she stood up, even though she had just a miscarriage, to protect the Imam of her time. As she was doing that, they hit her. Then they were going to the mosque. She came to the mosque, looking at her husband, looking at her husband with the rope in his neck, 
and his hand tied. She was beaten again. She said, I'm going to do but the while we're here. Think about this person who's the daughter of the Prophet, who's remark as the Rahmatulil Alameen in the Quran that he is the Rahmah for entire eternity. The daughter who's known as Ummah Abiha, the father, the mother of his her father. She got so frustrated. She was so angered that she was about to do Badwa. Was to curse the Muslims. At that point, Imam Ali told her to be patient. Otherwise, this entire Islam, which has been brought to this point with all the sacrifices of the Prophet and Imam Ali and herself, would be wasted. So she stopped. But as she was doing that, as she was raising her hands, the entire walls of Jannatul Baqi started raising. To the point that people realize that the Sabi of Allah, the punishment is about to come upon us. And then, after all of that, after Imam Ali came home, then the number eight atrocity or the musibah that happened to her was the burying of her unborn child. As the child was crushed and she had a miscarriage, burying an unborn child was in the womb for months. And then, after all of these difficulties that she endured, starting from the death of the Prophet to not getting any supporters, even though she went from door to door, her her rights being usurped, rights of her husband being usurped, door being fell on her, her son being mis- being killed unborn, her husband, the imam of the time, being taken to the mosque, and she being beaten along the way. She got like really weak. Now this broke her ribs. This caused internal bleeding. She couldn't walk straight after that. And now if she was thinking about all of this that had happened within a month of the death of the Prophet, she used to cry. She used to cry for her father. She used to cry because she was hurt. These Muslims of Medina did not allow her to cry. They said, go out of the city because your crying makes us discomfort, causes us discomfort. So as a result, she had to go out in the Bakri cemetery and cry over there. But then there was a tree under which she used to cry throughout the day and then come back later at night. These usurpers of power, Abu Bakr and Umar, they cut down the tree so that she couldn't cry over there. Imam Ali made a house of sorrow for her. It was a tent or a house in which she used to go during the day with her children and cry during the entire time. 
Now think about this lady who's going every morning with broken ribs to this house of sorrow with her children. The children are seeing the mother decay day after day. They're seeing the decay of the every single day. How would they feel? She's just going there, hugging the children and crying on the situation. She couldn't do anything else. She was so oppressed. She couldn't cry in her home. She didn't have any supporters. Her rights were taken. She was alone with only this, these three, four children of her. She was going to cry. <coughs> and then that day when she found out that that would be the last day during this time in order to keep her company Angel Jibrail used to come and he used to tell her about the events that will unfold throughout the future and that became Musaf Fatima it's not a Quran. It was something, information <coughs> that Angel Jibreel brought from Allah and Imam Ali al-Islam documented and that became Musaf Fatima. One day, when this now 18-year-old, weak, poor, alone lady, when she found out that today is the day when she's going to pass away, she made food for her children and told her servant that I'm going in to pray till the time I keep praying and you hear my tasbih. I'll be here. But once my tasbih stops, I'll leave this world. And before leaving the world, she gave some wasiya to Imam Ali al-Salam. One of the wasiya was Owali. Those who have betrayed me, those who have conspired against me, those who have taken my right, those who have attacked me. No one should attend my funeral. No one should offer salat or janaza on me. No one should know where I am buried. You please keep coming to my grave, but no one should know where I am buried. <laughs> now, that day, when Sayyidah Fatima Zara passed away. That day was the day of Qiyamah. You have the Hur in Siyah. You have the leader of the women of the universe. You have the person who never came through any of the loins. She was directly given to the Prophet himself as a gift. She's passing away leaving her children behind, dreaming these poor children who did not have any supporter in a city where there weren't any supporters behind, leaving her husband behind who was helpless at that time. And then when the janazah happened and the grave was dug and she was buried, the next morning, these people come. 
This is Nanda Adrapurba. These people come and say, Oh Ali, why did you bury her at night? We're gonna dig her grave out and we're gonna perform Salat Janaza. Now at that point, Imam Ali had made 40 different graves so that people don't realize which grave is the true grave. Umar said, we're going to dig every single grave out till we find Sayyidah Fatma Zahra. At that point, Imam Ali stood on one of the graves and said, if you try, I'm going to, you will not find me patient at that point. Umar backed off and it was never dug. Until today, Till today, the Qurba of Sayyidah Fatma Zahra is sad. One, the grave is unknown. So no one knows where she was buried. Second, those people who were involved in giving her difficulties and persecuting her and angering her and causing her miscarriage and injuring her and taking her rights and causing her to cry every single day are considered the best of the Muslim companions of the Prophet. These same usurpers are considered the best for 1400 years. The cover-up has been in such a way that you cannot even talk about these usurpers and they're considered the best. But now things are changing. But for 1400 years, this is another Qurba of Sayyidah Fatma Zahra that all the surfers, all the people who have been against Sayyidah Fatma Zahra are considered the best in Sayyidah Fatma Zahra and her death and martyrdom is put on the side as if nothing had happened. And lastly, today in Medina, if you compare what happens on the martyrdom of any of the imams, even Sayyidah Fatma Zahra, in places where there are Shias like Karbala, like Iraq, like Iran, like uh, even Sham, Zainabiyya, you find mourners there. But if you go to Medina today, it's as if people are living in a totally different era. They don't even allow people to be reciting the Zahra of Sayyidah Fatma Zahra at that time. As if it doesn't happen. These people want to mask the history like Banu Maya, like Banu Abbas, like people like those authoritative regimes that pass by. And they do not want people to realize that there is an alternate way of the universe, the true history that happened, which people ignore. And one day, that history will become the reality. People will realize what happened to that poor lady. That poor lady who gave everything for humanity. That poor lady who suffered so much but promised that if you cry on my son Hussain. I will for, I will make sure that you will enter Jannah. That poor lady who didn't want anything for herself. She used to sleep on one sheet during the night. 
and use it for other things during the day. That poor lady. One day people will realize what she stood for when she stood up for the message of Ghadir, when she stood up for what was right. She wasn't just standing for her husband. She was standing for the imam. She was not only standing for the imam of the time, she was standing for the covenant that the Allah had made for the, with the Prophet One day people will realize that. Inshallah. May Allah allow us, help us to see that day. And may Allah hasten the reappearance of the Imam of our time. Back in Muhammad, wa Ali, wa Fatima, wa Hassan, wa Hussain, wa Tisat al-Tahirin min Zuriyat al-Hussain alayhi salam.